career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where we talk about the things that guys over 40 need to be talking about, but just are not doing. And for those of you who may be new to the podcast, just want to send out a simple reminder that at the beginning of each month, on the first Monday of each month, we have a little online Zoom chat with guys over 40, where we talk about anything and everything from erectile dysfunction, to dating, to relationships, to money, to making career changes, even to something like coming out of the closet, which is what we're going to get into here momentarily on the show. So stay tuned, and we're going to dive right in and talk about what is it like to come out of the closet late in life and to suddenly realize it was one of the best decisions you ever made, but what are all the other factors that get in the way? So I want you to just imagine that you've come to that stage in life and suddenly something that's been kind of sitting there for a while comes to the surface, whether it's dissatisfaction with your job, a relationship isn't working, or something like, oh my gosh, I do believe I am actually gay. And yes, this does happen late in life a lot of times. And that's why we're talking about this subject today. I met this guest through a couple of my online groups that I run for lots of different kinds of people. And we got to know each other. And I love his story. And I love where he's come to in his life. He is one of our late bloomers. He's part of my club in the late bloomers life. And really cool guy. Very honest. Very forthright. I know we're going to have a great conversation. So, Peter, welcome to the show today to talk about what's your late blooming life has been like, man. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, man. So I kind of set this up for everybody, but there's some pieces to the story because you've been in relationships and you kind of figured things out late in life. But what was the thing that finally just like you realized, okay, this is me. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is the way I'm supposed to be showing up in life. What was like that thing that kind of put you to the closet door and you finally said, okay, I'm coming out. Um, uh, it's, that's very, it's really interesting. Um, it came from a comment my daughter made hmm. and my daughter said to me, um, daddy, why are you always so angry? Hmm. And it kind of rocked me pretty hard. Right. And I had to do some serious self-reflection and the journey I had taken was that I had rationalized that I was bi, but not active. You know, the age crisis um, was was running hot when I first decided to come out and I held off. Then I got married and I had obligations and responsibilities and rationalized in my head, you know, this is the life I have. Unfortunately, was I was not taken in fact, there was um, the toll that had on me individually and my body and my, my soul and my spirit. And, you know, I gained a lot of weight and I just became depressed and I became kind of mean. Mm. And um, when my daughter said that to me, I took some serious time thinking about what that meant. And then, you know, there wasn't an immediate, you know, um, light bulb, but it started me down that path of self-reflection. 
mm-hmm. right? And I, I realized that I was going to give up and I had an opportunity to do something that was really important and, and be genuine, right? I wanted to be happy. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I just wanted to be happy. So um, interesting so, that our kids so often can point out, <laughs> we're so used as parents to point out the stuff, you know, that we go, oh, you mm-hmm. don't want to be doing that or you shouldn't be doing that. And then suddenly mm-hmm. our kids are the ones who actually sometimes point out to us the most obvious thing that we probably need to be paying attention to. And it's it's such a valuable lesson. I remember having similar kinds of conversations with my kids. And then I suddenly was like, wow, they see this, they see something, you know, that I didn't see. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me grow. So you have this whole thing with your daughter and all this. And then suddenly, I'm not even sure it was really suddenly, because I know you and I have talked about this, but there was like this moment where it's like something has to change. Yep. And so I started down a path of, of, of getting healthier. Um, and at some point um, early into it, I decided to finally confess to my wife that I just didn't want to be married any longer. Um, and then we, you know, we had two different, very different opinions about how to approach life. And so I, I was always loyal to her. I never cheated on her. I never spent any time with a man before. Um, but I needed to say this. I needed to get, I needed her to know that it was time for the relationship to end. Um, we were going to spend time figuring out how to make that happen, but I needed to set that in stone. And the minute I did that, then I began to give myself permission to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I still had that moment of doubt, you right. know, because I've never had that experience. Um, so I said to myself as a pragmatic guy, let's just go experience it. And if it, if it's what you like, then keep going. And it, it took about a nanosecond for me to realize that. Um, and I became, you know, eager to, to learn more, to experience more, to, I really kind of dove into it. My, my unfortunate, I didn't even say fortune, but my, my approach to life has always been, I dive in, yeah. you know, I joke, I, when I want to do something, I dive in, I'm really not sure how much the water is, how deep it is, but I'm going to figure right. it out. Right? right. So I dove in hard and, you know, I just started to develop these experiences. Um, and um, I met somebody who helped me through the process. Um, I met a couple of guys that helped me through the process who were really genuine and helped me out. Um, and then, um, uh, I had to come out to my wife. Mm-hmm. So that was about four months into it. And, um, it was a relief for both of us. Um, she cried, I cried. We, uh, she understood and became incredibly sympathetic and, and an ally at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we decided to do some things to work around it. Um, and, um, you know, that just became the motto. Um, I was very quiet. You know, I looked at building small circles of trust with people as I came out, right? A little bit more each time. My best friend right. first, and then my cousin, and then a couple of colleagues at work. And then I just started to expand it once I felt comfortable that I could say the words, right? Right. Because um, I was practicing at this point when I was in the, in the gay community, right. but the world around me didn't know it. Right. So I, was just, I just kind of spent some time getting ready for it. Yep. And building up the confidence and the courage to do it. Um, so how old were you when all this was unfolding? 55. Okay. And I bring that up only because everybody, not everybody, but I'm going to generalize here. So many people are like, oh, this happens when you're teens. And it's like, no, that is not really the only time this happens. It happens all throughout life in different stages of life at different points of life. In fact, 
uh, oh, it's probably been two months ago. I posted something on uh, on the Coming Out Coaches Facebook page about an article I found about a 92-year-old grandfather who came out of the closet at 92 years old. And it was just, it was amazing. And it was so touching to see that you're never too old to go live your life. And he even mentioned in the article, I'd have to go look at it again, but he talked about no regrets. I just, this was the time and it was so interesting. So as you started to move through this and you said something that was really intriguing to me because this was a piece of my puzzle when I went through this. And it was interesting that the same piece of the puzzle happened when I started to come out to say, okay, I'm never going to work for anybody else again too. But you said there were two really genuine guys that helped you through the process. And I think that's such uh, a key piece of the puzzle is having some people. I mean, you're going to get surrounded by a whole lot of people, but there's always, it seems like there's everybody I've ever worked with has said there were like at least one or two people that, we're just really genuine about how they help me see things. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if those guys hadn't been there, do you think it would have been as easy or do you think it would have been a much bigger struggle? Um, that's interesting thought. I think it would have been more clunky. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, the first person really was just with me for the first two months, but he was as gentle as the souls that come without judgment. And that helped a lot. Yep. giving me the confidence and building up and going back and seeing him. Um, and then I, um, the second person, someone I actually was um, dating somewhat uh, for about a year. And um, I do remember the day uh, we met, um, he, uh, when we talked about, you know, what I was going through and he said, well, what can we do tonight to make you really happy? And I said, I just want to go out and have a gay day. I just want to go out and be gay. I mean, walk around, hold your hand, give you a kiss go to clubs, this the stuff to experience it. And he's like, absolutely. And, and he basically helped me through that process for about a year. We would hang out and I got to get my sea legs, I guess, from that experience. Yep. Um, and it gave me the confidence to continue on um, to, to that next step, right? Which was starting to communicate. And he told my wife, uh, my daughter um, started to get suspect because of some texts that she saw. Um, I clarified, uh, you know, the, the timing of everything. She was really good about it. She's been my best advocate, you can imagine, uh, my son as well. And, you know, once I started to build that circle of trust, I started to expand it to friends, uh, family, and then ultimately work, which was an interesting experience, but um, very fruitful at the end. Do you feel like one of the biggest challenges has been just trusting yourself to tell people or has it been just trusting yourself to be yourself? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I'm a, I'm a passionate man. It's always been my motto. Um, I've built things. I've started companies. I've done new initiatives. So I'm, I'm not afraid of doing something new and to be successful when you do something new, you have to be passionate, right? Mm -hmm. You have to get people around you to believe in it. So I carry that passion in every aspect of my life, whether it's business or personal. Um, so I was able to come across genuine because it was, but it really right. meant something to me. Um, and I think that helped me get to the point where I was very comfortable talking about it. Mm. Um, I've had some amazing experiences with customers that um, 
you know, have, I've done massive business with are just good solid friends as a derivative of me telling them I'm gay, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how it came out and, you know, they all said the same thing. You know, it's, it takes a lot of courage to do this at your age. Um, and I have deep respect for that process. And I think the message, if anyone wants to really understand, is that the fear that we have in ourselves is what keeps us from doing this. Yep. Um, but there's a massive amount of acceptance on the other side of the equation. Um, you just have to be willing to take that, that, that leap. You're not going to convince everyone to be your best friend. But I was incredibly surprised at the depth and density of support and encouragement that I received. And I think this is a key piece of any big life transformation that we make is I love that you said the fear that we have within ourselves is like what keeps us because Mm -hmm. a lot of times that fear, we're only having that dialogue with ourselves. Now, yes, we may share with certain people, oh, you know, I'm afraid of this or I'm afraid of that. And it depends on the circumstances. I mean, if somebody's about to leave their job to go try to start their own business, they're probably having a more open dialogue about that sort of stuff. But I remember going through that mm-hmm. myself and going, well, but if I come out, I'm going to lose everything. If I come out, everybody's going to hate me. All these fears when, as you said, for the most part, on the other side, and you know, now that I look at my world in a very holistic view of where I came from and where I am now, the number of people who gave me shit <laughs> were far fewer than the number of people who just said, Oh my God, we still love you, Rick. We think you're a great guy. We can't imagine what that must've been like, you know, and I'm not saying that to say, Oh, Rick and Peter were such great people. Right. Cause there's a lot of pain that comes along with this. But I think for anyone, the message that Peter just brought up is when we realize the fear that we're creating is exactly that, the fear that we're creating. It's yeah. not really there. You know, I, there's, a, there's, there's a quote that I like to think of, and it, and it goes, our deepest fear is, is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are, are powerful beyond measure. And I use that a lot in my head around how I go through things. And, I, I, you know, that not letting fear limit what's available to me based on knowing what I can do, you know, it's just, um, right. It's, it is. And, and once you get that first taste of what you can do, and this is why I wanted to have Peter on to talk about this because it, yes, it's his coming out story, but he just dropped a subtle kind of, here's a piece of wisdom in that he started talking to people in his work life about this. And that can be a very scary space for many people. And I'm not saying that everybody should rush out and like, oh, guess what? If you're gay, you know, and you're coming out, you have to, you got to look at the circumstances from which you come from. But I also feel that in the experiences that I've had with people that I've worked with thousands of people on this, you're going to find the space that's just the right time to bring it up. And if they can't handle it, it actually isn't on you. It's on that person. You know, it's usually that simple. You say that, yeah, it's you said it. There's, that, there's a moment in which the energy of it just takes over, right? right? Where it's, you can't stop it. It's just happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when I came out, it came out to a handful of people in, in, at the company. I work for a large telecommunications company that's very diverse. And um, they asked me to become part of the LGBT community, right, in our company and be part of a panel uh, for Pride. And I was eager to do it, wanting to run into this and realized 
that I had to tell a lot of people and I had to tell my organization that worked for me and then I had to tell the leadership that I worked for, all of which were amazingly positive. The company then televised it, uh, believe it or not, and posted it on Facebook. So I went out fast at that point. And I, instead of having that retraction, like, oh my God, the world knows I'm gay, I ran to it. I became energized from it, right? It, it, it was like the most liberating thing I've ever felt is I'm not hiding anything anymore. It just is who I am. And I was surprised about the sheer number of people that were supportive, just genuine phone calls and emails from the community of people that I knew through my course of my life that, that once they read some of the things that they read, it's like, hey, this is, you know, we love you. We want you to be happy. And those that don't, it's it again, it's on them. It's not on us. There's something about what we are and how we show up in the world. And I've had these conversations over and over and over. And sometimes I've had them with people that I'm like, I'm done having this conversation with you. You go live your little fucked up thoughts about who I am and and Mm -hmm. we'll be happy. Right. But what I see the most is it's something about not that they want to be gay or they want to be bi or lesbian or whatever, but it's something about those of us who say, this is me and this is how I'm going to show up that for a lot Mm -hmm. of people, they can't handle that because they can't do that themselves. And that's what it's all exactly. about. So, so um, I, I thought, how am I going to approach this, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a whole lot of people saying things. So I decided to create three buckets of people. The first bucket were those who just simply couldn't hear, like we just described, yep. right? Whether it's religious or morality or just their own personal demons that prevented them from saying, hey, that's cool. Go have fun. Or if you're on, I don't need to put any energy into those relationships if they can't accept me for who I am in my life the way I want to see it. Then the second bucket were people that were were supportive but kind of drifted away from me. My attitude with them is they'll come back if they want. If they don't, then then that's their prerogative. And I have had people drift away and then come back, right, once they started to really get their head around what it meant. And then the third bucket, which was the best bucket, is – this is great. Let's go get lunch. You know, people that remained in my life and became more prevalent. And one thing that I learned in, in this is um, I developed a much wider aperture of my view of the world, right? Um, I had a fairly segmented life um, in my upbringing and my experiences. This broadened my life, right? Yep. Uh, my partner um, and I, are, are, we were in an interracial relationship that broadened it even farther. And I live a, what I consider a purposeful life right now. And the thing that really resonates in that is that the spectrum of people that I know today than I did four years ago yep. and the depth of rela- those relationships, both professionally and uh, personally, is a thousandfold. Yep. Because I was willing to, to remove that, uh, that, that, that limitation that I had around my view of the world and simply just accept. Because if I wanted to be accepted, I have to accept everyone else, right? And there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a give and take that takes place in that thing. And I just, I've just wowed myself on a daily basis of some of the most amazing people in my life I've met in the last four years. Yep. All under the fact that I'm gay and then I'm in a relationship, you know? Yep. And sometimes it's just the breaking free of what was holding us back. In your case, you know, there was that observation by your daughter of the anger. Mine was everybody always used to say, you never, you never smile. You're never happy. You're so serious. And it yep. pissed me off. Oh God, it pissed me off when people do that. 
And I'm like, I'm a happy guy. I have fun. And then once I realized, actually, no, I was showing up very sullen most of the time. And then as soon as I said, fuck it, through all the pain, but basically, fuck it, I'm going to go live and enjoy my life. Yeah, I'm still, I can be very serious looking at times. So I love to have fun. I'm f- funny. I love to enjoy life, all this sort of stuff. But when I'm ready to buckle down, I buckle down. And some people see that. And it's so interesting that as people start to see us in our new lives, we also start to see ourselves in our new lives in lots of ways. And for me, it was six years later, literally six years after coming out that I went through the next coming out journey, which was, okay, fine. I got laid off again and I'm done. I'm not doing this again. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to run my own business. And it was scary. And that was actually as scary as coming out in so many ways, because there were people I'm like, yep, I'm not going back to corporate America. I'm not doing this. This is not the way I'm going to do it. And then of course I had my own weird little fucked up fears about that because my dad had been in business for himself and he made a living but I wouldn't say he was ever like super, super successful. And it scared me that I was going to repeat that pattern. And there were a few years that I was like, man, I am repeating that pattern big time. But when I finally realized, no, this is just like coming out. You get to go be who you are. You show up in your authentic self. You do it the way you want to do it. And I know you and I have had these conversations about how you show up at work in your world and it's actually benefited you to be so just transparent, here I am, because it helps yep. you even in your workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'll give you two interesting stories. The first is my daughter as well. Um, uh, she's an artist and she paints, she's a beautiful painter. And she was painting in uh, my apartment with my roommate at the time. And I left the room and she said to my roommate, you know, that's not my dad. And my roommate was taken back. She said, what do you mean that's not your dad? She goes, that's not the man I grew up with. The man I grew up with was usually angry, stoic, and never had a smile. The man I see today is completely different. He's happy. He's energized. He's engaged. He's fun to be with. He's a great dad, right? And that was kind of like that moment of of final connection at full circle from the day she told me that, why am I always angry to seeing the change the you know how I morphed from one person to another by coming out gave me massive confidence in the actions that I was doing it was kind of like that final piece of the puzzle that said you're supposed to be doing this this is your life you know the second one was um, I was meeting with a a very wealthy uh, customer who owned lots of real estate and we were touring his property and he asked me to step back and he was talking about life's you know, experiences. And he told me about his, um, which, you know, involved him getting divorced and basically giving everything to his wife. And I said, well, that's very similar. I just did the same thing. And he said, well, what'd you get out of it? And I said, I got to go home to the man I love. And he, <clears throat> he literally just dropped his stuff, put everything down, came over and bear hugged me and said, we're going to be doing business together because anyone who's that honest with me, that genuine with me, I trust empirically. And we've been fast friends since then, you know, and it, it, now I say my partner, I say, you know, my husband, I say my, you know, my partner has actually spent the better part of pre-COVID uh, for a solid year with me next to me at business events. 
at customer meetings, at customer, at customer dinners, at, you know, I, I took him to the Super Bowl to meet customers. They all loved him. So right. he was part of me in that equation. So it was, it's not as so much about our relationship. It was around my confidence as a gay man that I could stick my partner next to me in mm-hmm. front of this customer and say, this is me. Right. Right. And never had a problem. I actually, he actually got, got hugged by a bunch of NFL players in the Super Bowl. Right. right? Because they know me and they were, they were excited to meet him. It's like the barriers of, of walls just started to fall down simply because I was willing to do something that I spent most of my life denying myself to do it. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, Peter, because one of the things that I have maintained, and it doesn't serve, I mean, it doesn't happen 100% of the time, but I honestly have watched this in numerous situations, that the barriers that get put up are the ones we allow to get put up. Mm-hmm. The more candid and casual we are, and I, I, I remember this happening Many, many years ago. So my husband and I met when uh, my kids were like 18 months and four, five and a half years old. And so he has been part of this all the way through grade school, all this sort of stuff. Right. And when our youngest one started kindergarten, first grade, I was by then I was already working from home. And so I would volunteer at the school and I'll never forget this as long as I live walking in to go help one of their, one of the kids teachers do some stuff. And she's like, Oh yeah, go into the center quad room there. And there's a whole bunch of other people in there working, helping with stuff. And of course I walk in and it's me and, and all the moms. Right. And I'm like, so what I'm here. I'm a dad. I, I'm, I'm that modern dad. Right. And so everybody's talking and everything. And suddenly one of the women says, so what did you and your wife do this weekend? I'm like, well, my husband and I went wine tasting. And I just kept going. I didn't say, I didn't stop. I didn't like wait. I just like, and we had a great time and da, da, da. And, and before you know it, it was like, yeah, there were a couple of them. You could tell a couple of them were like bristled. I'm like, that's not on me. That's on you. The rest of the moms were like, we have our token gay, you know? <laughs> um, but it was such an interesting thing because that was one of the very first lessons because I had fought. Oh, I had fought so hard with so many people, you need to fucking accept me. You need it. Da, 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 da. And that day was one of the first times I realized maybe I just need to chill a little bit and just make this so matter of fact that people don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Because the least amount of barrier you throw up is going to be the least amount of barrier you're going to get. And a lot of times, even in the most stoic of places, I have seen some very religious people kind of have to like swallow and just continue the conversation because they didn't know what to do because in a group, everybody else is just like, Oh, cool. What does your husband do? And I could see these other people like, this is so against what I believe, but I'm going to be the ass if I do anything right now. Yeah. You know, it, it comes from confidence. Yes. Right. Having the confidence it applies in, in, in so many aspects of life, but in, in this one particular, right? Because, and I could see, I could see the, the people that are not supported by their families and, and the ones that are, right? You can tell the difference between the energy they have sometimes. And to me, if you walk in with pure confidence, then there's not much they can do mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. really dissuade who you are. I'm pretty confident, I know for a fact, any comment that would come out of me negatively wouldn't change who I am. 
at all, right? I'm uh, I'm here. I'm gay. This is my life. Too bad. And I like we said before, be be ridden. I don't need you, mm-hmm. right? You and, know, and, and I, I don't live with you. to your life. Go ahead. Right. And to what you just said, though, if I let the negative comment come out of my mouth, that can change who I am because suddenly they're at the advantage. If I come out fighting, and if yep. I come out being, you know badass with them about, okay, you need to back off and you need to go get your shit together. It doesn't go anywhere. It, it only, all it does is infuriate me more. And I've had to learn this because I, I was lovingly handed this short fuse from my DNA. And so I have to really watch this at times because this to me is what makes me as a man. When I can just stand in my truth, lots of them, lots of not just being gay, but lots of my truths and go, okay, yep, you're right. I need to be more this way. Suddenly I'm a much better man. And I think that's one of the things that I know for me, my coming out journey has taught me to be such a better man and to be so much more open to so many things, everything under the sun. I even have caught myself in my own interesting white privilege through all of 2020 going, wow, I didn't realize how much sometimes I am actually very privileged as a gay man Mm -hmm. compared to other people in my community who aren't as privileged just because of the color of their skin or where they grew up or, and I grew up in the South. So I wasn't out when I was in the South, but I was definitely exploring when I was in the South. And it's such an interesting thing to see how the journey of us coming out. I'm going to share just a little bit of insight with Peter because he's worked with me a couple of times. I've seen Peter literally use the power of his coming out to navigate his decisions about how, who he is and how he shows up, not just as a gay man in his workplace, but how he shows up in his power how he chooses to be a leader in his workplace, how he chooses to navigate where he's going. And I hope people can get the message from this conversation that the power of coming out, whatever the fuck that closet looks like for you Mm -hmm. is the power of you stepping deeper and deeper and deeper into being 100% you. Absolutely. You know, I had a, I had a, conversation with I'm in the process of interviewing for a new job and I spoke to the head of HR of the company that I'm interviewing with um, who was gay himself right and we developed a pretty good rapport and he said something really powerful to me he said being genuine defines leadership because people will follow those who are genuine who they are and there's trust to it right so being genuine is the difference between being successful and failure sometimes, right? You're not hiding behind anything. And we had a, we, we, it was a 25 minute interview that went almost two hours, mainly because we were sharing back and forth our life experiences. And he kept saying to me, you know, you keep thinking, you don't realize that you are a leader simply because you're genuine in what you've done, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing for an executive role. And he's like, and I asked him very quickly, do you think I could be a good leader in your company? He's like, without a doubt, because of your genuineness, not only all the, the business experience that you have, but because you as a person are genuine and therefore we believe you would be a great leader for us. I wish more of our community, and I love my community, 
but I wish more of our community would use their genuine authentic selves to have that kind of impact instead of here's how I'm supposed to show up as gay, which everybody gets to do it their way. I'm not criticizing that, mm-hmm. but really leverage that. Let's show the world by being uniquely who you are is a powerful thing. Yes. Sometimes I think we miss that mark. And I know there's been times that I've missed it because if I get really pushed on a political thing or anything, okay. It's like, yes, but the boxing gloves come out. But when I've gotten to that place where the boxing gloves are out and I've maintained, fine, we're going to go into the ring. You, you took me into the arena, so we're here. But when I stayed in my power of, but my uniqueness is what's bothering you. My ability to be authentically who I am is what is bothering you. My ability to say, you can have that belief, but that doesn't mean I have to have that belief. Mm-hmm. Who you see me as, is just your perspective of what somebody's supposed to be. And the more I can stand in that power and just be very logical and very controlled and pointing out, here's the logic behind why I know I'm gay. It isn't because I, I want to just have a guy's ass or any of that. I know what I am. And I remember one time when I was having one of those conversations, I said, I know who I am. I'm very connected to who I am. So I'm curious, do you know who you are? Do you really know who you are at your core? That you would stand in front of a firing squad to say, I absolutely know who I am and I could actually stand there and defend who I am. And that person got really quiet because I said, are you willing to stand in front of a firing squad? Are you willing to stand on top of a building because somebody thinks of who you are and your sexuality that you need to be you know, blindfolded or hooded and thrown off a building because of who you are. Are you willing to do that? Because I am You're willing to sacrifice your life for the, for absolutely the, be because of are. the truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. And is it, is it something I want to think about? No, but I know that this is the piece that people come up with this stuff. And mm-hmm. then I, when I push it to that testing point, you usually get a very quiet, somber response, unless they're just total ass. And I've had those too, but, um, but it's just interesting. So before we wrap it up here, man, I'm curious because there's so many things you and I could talk and talk and talk, but I'm curious having been in this experience and still living this experience. What is one of the greatest things you felt like being true to yourself at this stage of life has given you? Oh my God. Um, I was a confident man before. Um, I, I knew that I had capabilities that I that I had the ability to express. Um, I've become more of an empathetic man versus a sympathetic one, and I think that helps me diffuse a lot of the frustrations that people have. Um, I am. I can just tell you in my soul, I'm a happier man. And I think I look at, it's not about an event or a moment or some kind of outlaid, you know, and I have plenty of them. I have some phenomenal stories that will continue to grow with the experiences I've had with people who have accepted me, but it's my willingness and acceptance of me to say the word I'm gay and without hesitation, without a question, right? That is just makes me, me, right? Yep. Um, I had, um, had a bunch of people over for dinner the other night, about five or six, keeping on the, the COVID levels. And, you know, I was talking to them about my my experience. And someone said, 
you do know, <clears throat> excuse me, you're glowing right now with the passion you have and this belief in who you are. Mm-hmm. It comes across in everything. And that, I think that aligns towards uh, uh, the person I talked to a minute ago about leadership coming from being genuine. If you are passionate about who you are and, and, and being gay is one of them, it's going to come, it's going to be fruitful in your life. So I, I, I think in a long way of saying it, it's my general happiness and my contentment of who I am as a man, how I look, what I do, how I do things versus what I used to think uh, way before I was out and, and more internalizing myself versus externalizing myself. You just said something about that externalizing yourself. I think this is a piece that whether it's ex- quote unquote, I use the term a lot, exposing yourself. Well, what happened if you actually exposed yourself and it scares the shit out of people? It's like, what if you actually expose the true you? What are you most afraid of? And I'm so glad you said it as we're wrapping this up, because I think that's the power. When you can be comfortable exposing yourself, you're never afraid to be exposed to the world, but you got to get comfortable in it yourself. Yep. Because then at least from the work I've been involved in and my own personal journey and thinking about these things. In fact, it's, it's like two friends of mine just wrote a book, um, <clears throat> Bob Gower and Alexandra um, Jameson, and the book's called Radical Alignment. Highly recommend it to everybody. The more I get into the, and it's a little sm- small book, great. It's just, it's, it's awesome. And I realized as I was reading that, that this is just another piece of the puzzle that part of my coming out journey was me becoming radically aligned with who I am mm-hmm. and being unwavering in my ability to expose myself to the world. Yep. And it's not yep. easy stuff to do by any stretch of the imagination, but it's very powerful and masterful when you can step into it. And for all you guys and gals who are listening to this, whether it's because you're coming out of a closet or you're over 40 and you're trying to figure things out, or you're just in a place where you're just really stuck. I would invite you. And I think Peter would invite you to, to ask yourself, what am I afraid of to expose to the world? And why are you afraid to expose that to the world? Because if you can get beyond that, it becomes a really powerful space for you to play in. Absolutely. I mean, you can't, you can't, ex- you can't expect someone to accept you if you're not willing to accept yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So thanks for being here, Peter. I've loved this you're conversation. Welcome. Totally enjoy it. I know you're going to continue to have impact wherever you go and we'll have everything about Peter on the website when you get to the show notes and everything. But so appreciate, you know, Peter came into my life through a group And um, it's been such a joy to get to know him and to watch him and work with him and converse with him on various things. And this was like just another layer to that. So again, man, thanks so much for being here. Totally appreciate you. Welcome. Thanks. Anytime. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.